0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw, and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success, and happiness. Hi, I'm absolutely buzzing today to have Lisa Richardson join me. She's the director of Spotless Interiors and Spotless Commercial. In 2011, Lisa was made redundant as a commercial property lawyer, and she ended up setting up her cleaning business with her husband. She knows what it's like to build a business through a recession. She'd not long come off maternity leave, so faced immense challenges when setting up her business. She shares some amazing insights with me on this recording, so please do enjoy this episode and share it with your friends. Red light is on. Awesome. Um, Hello, Lisa. I'm joined today by Lisa Richardson from Spotless Cleaning and Interiors. And I'm really, really excited to have you on the show today because we're going to be talking about redundancy and how you started your business as well. And your half dozen things are absolutely awesome. You've really prepared for them. I'm super, super proud of these. So Ah,
1: very kind. (laughs)
0: Lisa's Lisa's half dozen things. I'm going to go to Lisa and let her introduce herself in just a moment. But... um, her half dozen things are one you and two having a plan b and a small b only uh three the reality check on now uh fourth is your circle but also your square uh fifth clear on your own way of working or ethos And the sixth is Walk and Look Up. And I just think these are awesome, super inventive. And I'm really looking forward to discuss them more. So Lisa, are you okay to just give yourself a sort of bit bit of an intro to to listeners, please?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm one of the directors of Spotless Interiors and Spotless Commercial. So we run two side-by-side cleaning companies, one obviously catering for domestic and one for commercial cleaning. Um, And we've been trading just under 10 years now. And we have a team of about 15 who cover the whole of the Peterborough area
0: awesome that's awesome so team 15, 15 and you've only been going 10 years and that's awesome so is that does that sort of tie in with the previous sort of 2008 sort of credit crunch time and, and recession? yeah
1: yeah absolutely um, so before this i was a property lawyer for about 11 years at various establishments and yes the recession hit i was on maternity leave at that time returned from maternity leave uh and then found i no longer had a job so um yeah very difficult times not dissimilar to now really for lots of people who are obviously facing redundancy yeah, um, but yeah no very very tricky indeed
0: wow yeah and that that's some some swap for you isn't it having gone from sort of being a being a lawyer to to then obviously having having your child and then going back to go to that but obviously having yeah, to but- having to start a business that must have been a really really tricky time
1: Yeah, and I think for us the key thing was it wasn't intentional in lots of ways. Um, You find yourself in this situation of redundancy. My husband had lost his job at the same sort of time. So all of a sudden you've got small family, you've got mortgage and all those sort of considerations. Um, And I think it would be fair to say that starting a business certainly at the outset was not a plan. It was nothing that I had ever considered before. Um, But really, I think when you are at the bottom, when your back is against the wall, so to speak, you kind of come up with something or something comes your way. And I think for us, it was a series of circumstance input ideas that were kind of put our way that just formed it. And really, you have nothing to lose when that's the point that you're at, when you have no income. Um, And I think sometimes it's... um, can be a catalyst for great things but at that moment in time it's the worst thing ever you suddenly have no income the redundancy is a personal thing as much as we know it's the role it's not really at that moment in time it feels very personal indeed
0: definitely definitely and I I I can only imagine and I've had friends I'm fortunate enough that I've I've not actually personally been made redundant um but I had a I had a situation where um about sort of just over 10 years ago uh my company that i worked for I was a general manager of a company called gladwin's body repair centers they're based in peterborough up on Southgate. Southgate, and they were he, the the owner sold his business he had eight body shops and he sold them to a national company called nationwide crash repairs and they decided in peterborough they were going to merge the two body shops so they bought their guy across who ran their peterborough <laughs> depot So it was a similar situation where I was going to have to essentially take a step down or a step backwards. And for me, that felt really felt really, really personal. So I still had work to go to, um, but I I ended up leaving quite quickly after that. So it was, uh, yeah, tricky, tricky. So your first area is around you and um, sort of self analysis and understanding sort of the rejection. So you're able to just expand on that a little bit more for me, please, Lisa.
1: Yes, I think when you're in that position, as a lot of people will be now facing redundancy, it's very easy to say, right, I need to find a job that I used to do. I need to find it in another company, another area or something similar. And I think sometimes It's really useful to look at not just the role that you've done previously or or what you've done for the last 20 years or what you did prior to your last role, but look at your skills, look at what you're interested in. And sometimes we can pull skills from previous roles that actually lead us into a very different area. So for us, yes, we run a cleaning company now, and I was previously a lawyer and I did a bit of pensions work before that. So I've accumulated all these skills that actually help me on a day to day basis. Even going back to when I was at university and I did a degree in performing arts, that has no relevance really to what I do today. So you would think, however, I think any degree gives you an element of resourcefulness, being able to research, draft, put ideas together, all those sorts of things that can be really useful. So I think a good bit of self-analysis can take you in a completely different path. To the one you perhaps thought you ought to follow, because it's very easy to just do the same continuously. Whatever it is, accountancy and mechanic, whatever, to just go. That's what I qualified for. It's what I've trained. It's what I've done for fifteen years. That's what I need to look at. And I think I'm not very IT orientated, as probably has become apparent this morning. But by taking a pen and paper and just literally writing down, what do I like to do? What am I good at? What would be my ideal? Very few of us get that ideal, but it might just give you an inkling of where to head to. So I think kind of redundancy, um, any other changes in personal circumstances can be a great catalyst for just stopping and just really assessing what is it I want to do? What am I good at? Where are my skills? And then you can kind of look and see if there are other jobs or a business opportunity, a business idea that might just take those skills down a different path. 100%
0: I think um I must I must congratulate you you're a woman of many talents I'm very very (laughs) impressed
1: I don't know (laughs) whether that's the case (laughs)
0: Uh, no it's absolutely fascinating it's brilliant um one of the things I I did want to ask and and sort of is I find really interesting is why, why did you pick the cleaning business why did you go for that
1: uh I didn't pick it I think would be the honest answer um It sounds very, i say it's a bit more spiritual than lots of people would be interested in, but uh, I am a great believer in that. I think things do come to you sometimes and ideas, people come into your life for a reason. So um, I suppose prior to children, I am a little bit house proud, you wouldn't believe it right now, but I did a lot of kind of uh, decluttering work of my own and and I would always do a kind of spring clean and things like that, but when I was job hunting, there's only so many hours in a day you can really spend looking for work and you have to find something else to fill that time so some friends of ours just wanted a bit of help really so I volunteered to go and do some decluttering work for them initially um, and a little bit of cleaning to just kind of give me something to do they were really close friends and we just kind of wanted to to help out and I thought I need to go and find something to do with my time and actually it was through the decluttering work that I did with them that they really kind of started pushing and saying, You want to have a look at this as a business opportunity? Uh, have you thought about it? And initially, I think we were quite empty. Um, but as time goes on and you've got nothing else to really aim for, the recession, I was in commercial property. Those mm-hmm. posts weren't available anymore. No. People weren't buying properties. There were no investment going on. So I kind of had nothing to lose. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I didn't really, I don't ever feel that I decided to run a cleaning business but through a series of events and suggestions by others you kind of start to think actually this might work this is worth a go and it just kind of generates from there
0: no definitely I think um, it's, it's such a good opportunity and like you say that the, the catalyst for that and so what period of time did that decision making process take between um, being made redundant and actually starting spotless what was what was sort of that time I period
1: four months
0: four months
1: yeah so from
0: for, you've gone on a sort of journey from I'm not really too sure about that so over a sort of a discovery period and maybe trying to apply for other roles yeah. before then sort of going right that's it yeah. I'm gonna do this yeah. amazing
1: absolutely and I I think it was genuinely oh, I've got, oh we've got nothing to lose what was the worst that could happen I've got no job yeah definitely anything is worth a go um so yeah so it was quite a short period of time because I think there was that necessity to try something, and as much as I might have applied, and I probably did, I think at the time apply for jobs that were not really what I was interested in. But that impetus, when you've got to put food on the table, is there. And so I think when the idea is sort of, you kind of, we, we talk to a few people and try and mull it over and play about with ideas and think, is this worth pursuing? Um, and then you reach the point you go, why not give it a go?
0: And and has the business evolved in a way? And and this will be very interesting for people because what a lot of people realise is they start with something or the concept of something and end up actually with something that's evolved a bit differently to how they anticipated, but you kind of adapt it to demand. So is that something that's happened with you or have you actually stayed true to the original the original vision of what Spotless would be?
1: I think um I think probably a little change in that I think we uh, envisaged it would be domestic and commercial after a while the domestic was the start and sort of before the domestic cleaning it would have been the decluttering work so the decluttering work in lots of ways has taken a little bit of a back seat I have done some of that over the years but it's not something I've ever really pushed because the domestic has just kind of exploded really in lots of ways and then the commercial side we always thought yeah we would do that and we did do for a little while a bit of work but we've again never really pushed that because the domestic work is is constantly coming in which is great so i, I think yes there has been an adaptation in in terms of what work comes in the door and and how the business develops
0: amazing amazing awesome so on, on your second area, it says around having a plan b but a small b only are you, are you <laughs> able to explain that a bit more for yeah well i think
1: i think um if you're when you start a business as as we did you have to have a kind of small plan B, which for us was, okay, this is gonna start. It's not gonna generate money for a little while. So how are we going to pay the bills? It's that reality check. Yeah. So I went back and I did some domestic conveyancing for about a year and a half, I think. So I would be there during the day doing that. In the evening, looking at the website, taking phone calls or replying to messages, that sort of thing. Um, and then Rob would be out during the, during the day doing some of the cleaning appointments. So there's that still that necessity, although the idea is growing and you're getting excited about that to have this small plan B, which is basically what's going to put food on your table. I don't I call it a small plan B because it's not a plan. B as in if this fails we'll go and do this it's something to run alongside it because the reality is it does take time to build that business out but if you can just have something to kind of keep paying the bills something that's just gonna is easy to do is is gonna enable you to leave that job at the end of the day and forget about it come home and then be building on your own empire um that can work but the reality is to kind of throw everything at the business. If it's not going to generate income immediately, you're going to put yourself in financial difficulty, which is an extra stress that you just don't need if you can just manage that side.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, that you, you've either got the option of having some cash to fall back on mm-hmm. um, or a small investment, which I think can often be helpful um, yeah. when necessary or potentially a startup loan or something like that. But you're absolutely right that, you know, what one of the, it's almost like a little bit of freelancing, isn't it? Initially, mm-hmm. it, it may be what you did previously. If you can yes. maybe bring a part-time income in to just yeah. sort of help bolster that, because ultimately there are bills to pay. It's really, really stressful. I hosted a networking event last, yesterday evening, the Peterborough Network. And there are there's a couple of people on there. And it's a very challenging moment for them, actually, where uh, they may still be in full-time work. I know this is we're talking mostly around redundancy, but there'll be a handful of people listening, and they're they're still in a role, they're in a position, but they've started their business, and the business is where <laughs> the dream is, and they really want that to happen. But all of a sudden, they want that to get to however much a month they need it to be to be able to cull that work. And I guess this kind of rolls back to the beauty of the redundancy deal because. If you're there, you haven't got the job, you're about to put a whole load of effort. There's going to be loads of people out there putting into effort effort into trying to find roles that may not be there or they're very competitive. You're going to get an awful lot of rejection. Um, It's going to be really, really challenging for your mental health. Actually, there might be an opportunity to think, Do you know what, I'm going to take control myself because there's also the battle there of resiliency as well. And, and the challenges we, you face and the fear and the doubt creeps in. I'm sure you have. Did you have a lot of doubt when you first started out? Most,
1: most definitely. And I would say regularly, probably over the years, we pause and go, what are we doing? You know, what can we do to make this better? I think the last few years, we've been more comfortable with what we've achieved, more comfortable with how we run the business and what we do to look after our clients and our staff and just the kind of the ethos of what we've created. But most definitely, I think sometimes you have to be forced to make that leap. And when you are faced with redundancy and, as you say, looking for work that's hard to come by at some point you might just go actually let's give this a go Um, but there is a lot of doubt there's a lot of concern certainly to begin with and I think even over those first few years whilst you're finding your feet and trying to work out which direction you want to take it, what the end result ultimately looks like. And and it's not easy financially, mentally, whatever. Um, you're going to face a lot of difficulties. So it's, like you say, being able to have that resilience as the years go by.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I think um, that... I totally agree with the plan B as having like this, this sort of position where you can start to build a bit of security because that's so important. Um, And also one of the things I've learned over time is that it's about having that really compelling vision to go towards because anyone who's listening and considering embarking on that journey, there's going to be so many roadblocks that come up that you can't even, you can't even comprehend now. You don't even realize they're going to be there. You know, when I first started out, it was just, you know i just thought it's going to be easier than it has been and there's going to be less challenges and there's only sort of you, you you can't even see i guess i guess what i mean is when you've got that vision you can't even see the peak you don't even know what's going to be on the journey to trip you up along right. the way and then you've just got to have that resilience to be able to to manage that and and it's all about overcoming whatever that challenge is nice. however ha- however i think if the vision's compelling enough it will continue to drive you to be able to push through and overcome them.
1: Most definitely. And I think if you get those first few positive steps, so for us, whilst I was working during the day, obviously managing the business or working or building the business during the evenings. And then there came that point, we had quite an influx of work and that was the point we were able financially to say, actually, I can leave my day job and devote full time so that was co- that you kind of have those little goals as you go that was the initial goal can we get to the point where I can leave what I'm doing during the day and concentrate so on the business because actually to, to work during the day and then run your business of an evening it's really it's hard work it's tiring but to have that balance I think is really important to begin with unless you have an awful lot of cash behind you which we didn't that's the difference really is whether you need to make that decision mm-hmm. but um, yeah I think we reached the point where there was enough work great so I could leave my day job and concentrate solely and then you can really start to push it forward but you just had that, that kind of that moment of positivity in terms of actually we have a client base here and word is spreading and we've done some advertising and it's worked and you get that and that just drives that momentum to keep you going
0: amazing and i'm i'm so impressed by when I, when I think about what you must have come through because it's not just been yourself it's been your husband as well so you've done a family business
1: yeah
0: young baby yeah. at the same time yeah no no financial back in particularly to yeah. support that venture um i can really relate to that and I, I, you know hopefully people listening can as well that really is some guts really is some guts that's absolutely amazing so and kind that,
1: of, i just don't ever think about it as guts it just feels <laughs> like well what do we have to lose and that i yeah. think that's what started it really we had nothing to
0: lose definitely and do you know do you know what one of the things one of the things i've learned from doing the podcast actually and i speak to people who um have have been on the journey and they've, they've had some success whether whether it's some some wins uh whatever success looks like because ultimately it depends on who the individual is but on what they believe success is however one of the things that i find really interesting with people is it's the drive what drives them isn't necessarily towards something but it's maybe a way from the pain of something as well and yeah. the more compelling the pain is to drive away from um that that can be uh, really really compelling too so and that leads me really nicely onto the third area which is the reality check on now um, and being realistic so are you able to just explain that a little bit please Lisa
1: yeah so I think obviously what we've just talked about is really the personal reality of having to put food on the table whilst you're starting a business but I think when you start a business you do often have this vision of what it's going to look like when it's properly up and running if you like um, and I suppose for us the ideal would have been if you look at other cleaning companies offices it would have been vans it would have been staff uniform all of those things where does that money come from to be? begin with it doesn't it certainly didn't for us and actually I think you you can do with an analysis of where you're going to spend your money on what is going to be best yes it would be lovely to have big offices and it would be lovely to have a fleet of vans. does that make us better not necessarily does it make Mm -hmm. us more profitable so not Um, and just really being realistic in terms of money If you've got the ability to finance it, if you've got the ability to get that cash to really push your business forward, by all means go for it. But if you haven't, why go out and borrow money if you don't need to? So today... I'm filming this from our spare bedroom, which is my office, which has been nicely decorated and it's lovely. Um, but I don't have a big office somewhere else. We use the dining table when I have people come and helping the office here or they're working from home more now. Um, we don't have a fleet of vans. Everybody uses their own vehicles. But what do we spend our money on? Well, I make sure our staff are all properly trained. We have good insurance. That analysis and the reality check of what is important and it relates to the ethos of the business and and where you come at it from and those peripheral things don't necessarily make a great difference to your day-to-day running and it's about being realistic if I saddle myself with a huge loan to start with I am playing catch up from day one if I we didn't have any uniform for about six months I think so we didn't have any staff for about a year and a half. So we have done, and I'm probably more cautious than a lot of other people, if I'm honest, but we have done things very kind of carefully to just make sure let's do it right, let's not spend a whole load of cash that we don't have coming in because actually we don't know how it's going to progress. And those things won't make a difference to our day-to-day provision and the service that we offer.
0: Amazing. amazing. No, and that that's really compelling because you've, you've essentially bootstrapped it as best you can to keep costs as low as possible whilst um, going. And, and do you know what What you've just said resonates with me as some advice that I received from someone quite early on, which was around, don't spend money where customers won't see it. Yeah. If it's not going to directly impact the quality of what you do for your client, don't spend money on it.
1: That makes complete sense. I have, yeah. I've, we've had clients in the past who earn a fortune from the fourth bedroom an office would be lovely don't get me wrong but um I'm quite happy here you know this does this does what I need to do and actually what I do here is not the crux of the business that's when the team are out cleaning that's the business really what I do here is support them but it I don't need a huge office in order to do that as much as it would be like lovely to close the door at the end of the day and go home I can Mm. see the benefits of that is it worth the money right now
0: no, absolutely.
1: But I think we can get fixated with that idea of I'm not a proper business person if I don't have an office and a yeah, smart suit and all that sort of stuff. And um, having worked in law previously, I've been in that environment. But actually, you can generate money and you can be successful. Uh, and personally, you can feel that you've achieved that by working from home by just narrowing those costings
0: absolutely and um you're absolutely right our um our training room we we just have a training room so we don't have an office as well so i'm i'm sat at the kitchen table now speaking to you um and uh you know the the training room is normally in use as much as it can be so we we have to have that the reason for that is that reduced when i looked at our overheads if you if you hire a room at a time uh, in Peterborough, obviously people might be listening to this anywhere, but in Peterborough you're looking at for a nice room anything from a hundred pounds onwards. Now, the challenge with that is that when you're then running training, you've got an issue with the minimum number of people that you can have on a course. So what I decided to do was I I shopped around and and went and looked. We ended up at a place called Peterborough Workspace, which is really, really industrial. It's in the heart of Woodston. It's not glass fronted, uh, you know, like a lot of the really nice places in Peterborough that are three times the amount for square footage, Um, you know, and there's some really nice offices, but people will turn up to an industrial building. It's shared space however the training room is clean it's functional it's got the right amount of size for it it's got everything someone needs and they have a fantastic experience whilst they're with us so it's kind of you know it's like this haven within within the building that uh yes it'd be nice to have the really really nice posh plush building for people to show but ultimately it'd result in a a really uncompetitive pricing um it involving a lot of stress because we'd have to utilize that room so much more and have so many more people to be able to justify it um so yeah it's absolutely about you know, what is viable, what can we do and, and how can we do that? Because it's very easy to see any profits or any turnover quickly waste away um, when, you've, when you've not got your cost base right, which is ultimately what we're talking about. So awesome. So fourth area is around your circle, but also your square. I'm really interested in this one.
1: I think for us, the, um, the catalyst and the most important support we had starting out was from our friends and family. And I think it's easy to overlook that when you're starting a business, it's easy to look beyond your immediate circle and just focus on, I need to advertise, I need to be in the magazines, I need to do a leaflet drop, whatever it is. And don't get me wrong, we did all of those things, but actually the most important thing, as everybody knows, is word of mouth and actually focusing on the people that you know best, who know you best, not just from word of mouth about your services, but also to put ideas your way that you might think actually that might work or 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 even to discount to just have that input and and I refer to the square because sometimes that input isn't going to be what you want to hear um, which it can in itself be helpful but as I as I kind of said to you in in the notes and things that we had we did have some people who thought we were crazy you have a a couple who have lost their jobs two young children at that point mortgage etc and we decide we're going to set up our own business what madness, utter madness. Um, and some friends did were very clear in kind of, this isn't gonna work, why are you doing it? But obviously the vast majority were incredibly supportive. And if you can tap into that inner circle, you don't need necessarily to do a huge amount more work because those good friends will spread the word about you. They will offer help. For us, we had help that was just, uh, just amazing at that time so we had friends offer to provide us with marketing material design the website just in order to get us up and running and actually without all of that input I don't know that we would have done it but that help is is invaluable but not only on that physical way but also to just help push you and sometimes they do still nudge us a little bit and we thought about doing this and and bounce ideas off of each other but the focus often seems to be on getting that name out as far as possible by using the most expensive means and it doesn't have to be that way
0: yeah absolutely i think that's brilliant how your friends rallied around to support your business that's brilliant
1: they they were absolutely amazing i can't i can't thank them enough um and as i say without them i don't think we would have I, i don't even know that we would have done it because when you haven't got that you know the redundancy money only lasts so long and you're busy putting food on the table when you've got those offers of let me build your website let me produce some leaflets for you that's that's enormous you know financially and and just kind of makes you feel maybe we can do it maybe we can
0: yeah absolutely absolutely I um that that really resonates with me because that that was part of our journey too we had um obviously we've we got lots of friends but some have been more supportive than others but one one particular couple um who were in the financial position to be able to do so essentially they bought a share in the company when it was nothing when it was nothing at Uh all just showed the belief in in me but the only agreement was that uh i wouldn't be able to access the money until i was full-time in the business okay and um as soon as i went full-time it was was significant you know it was a significant sum not you know um a a twenty pound investment and um we kicked off from that I've paid it back now already um you know with with interest too uh, because but that was like my duty they believed in me and I probably I would have struggled to make the jump and I think we'd have struggled financially without that um as as a young family so particularly in the business we operate in because I had to buy equipment I had to have a room there was there were certain overheads that the business needed to be able to operate and I think I think that we kind of roll back to the previous one around some businesses do need more to get going than others. So, and it's about being really realistic. But, like you say, I think the ethos of really focusing on what is necessary. Um, and only what is necessary and not what's a nice to have, but what is a have to have yeah. uh, at the outset is really, really important. And, and people listening might think 20 to some people, £20,000 might be a massive sum of money, and to some people, it's, it's just a drop in the ocean. Um, but however, to us, that gave us a little bit of operating cash and enough to be able to invest in the stuff and equipment we needed to be able to then run the business. And, um, you know, Within a, within a year we're in a position to be able to go, do you know what, thanks very much, but let's buy our shares back and you can have that back and we're yeah. all friends, you know. Um, but what a fantastic, you know, very similar, uh, a very similar uh, show of um, friendship, really. So it's, um, and that, that just stemmed from me asking someone who I respected an opinion on what they thought on the business plan I had, so. You know. And it just
1: shows you, it's that one conversation, isn't it? And Absolutely. that's often all you need. To just mention this to them and see what they think uh, and it just snowballs and that I think sometimes where people miss opportunities by just just talking to those people you know closest.
0: Absolutely absolutely so we move on to the fifth area which is being clear on your way of working and your ethos.
1: Yeah so um, um I think I think for us that's been a really important point because When we started out, I did do a bit of research as to how other cleaning companies work. And we didn't come at at it completely blind in that, as we were talking about earlier, sort of using your own skills. So from my previous roles, I'd got an idea a little bit on marketing, but I had friends who worked in marketing, so that was okay. Um, I knew a little bit about accounts, but I had somebody who knew. So I kind of pulled these resources, a little bit of what I knew and a little bit of what other people had to offer. And I did do some research about other cleaning companies, but not a huge amount, if I'm brutally honest, because it was very much for us about what would I want if I had a cleaner come to my home? Well, I think I'd like the same person every time. I think I'd like to know they're properly insured, looked after, trained, all those things. Um, as- As we started to look more at what other cleaning companies were doing, you find, actually, we operate quite differently. And that, I think, was a a moment of, are we doing it right? Should we be changing? So, for example, we've always employed all our staff on the basis that, A, it looks after them, it gives them a guaranteed workload, a guaranteed number of hours each week. And also from a client perspective, I can guarantee that I'm going to send that member of staff to them week in, week out. If I self if I have a team of self-employed cleaners, theoretically I can't actually guarantee that because they could ring me up on a Monday morning and tell me they want the week off. That how do how do I manage that business? So when we started looking around and, and noticed that actually lots of other cleaning companies do have their cleaners on a self-employed basis, they send a team, they don't necessarily send the same, send the same person. I think we did have a moment of kind of doubt, are we doing this right? But we kept coming back to our ethos of this is what we would want if we were having a cleaning service. And actually, we want to balance the service that the client receives, make sure that is as good as it possibly can be. But look after our team. We want our team to stay with us. We want them to enjoy the job they're doing. And in order to marry those two up, you have to balance guaranteed workload for your team, make sure they're properly trained, make sure they understand what's expected and make sure your client knows who's going to turn up, what time will they turn up and what will they do and if you can balance those two then that for us was always going to provide the best service and the best climate for both parties. So as much as we looked around and from being very realistic from a financial basis if our team were self-employed we would be probably generating more profit. We wouldn't necessarily have to be VAT registered. There are all those implications. But it comes down to offering the right service. And if that means that we are different to the others, hopefully in the right way, then great. Um, if it's if we're the same as the others, that's that's fine too. But I think we did worry for a while that we weren't going down the right path because we knew a lot of other companies worked in a different way but we've stuck to it and i don't think we will ever change that because it looks after everybody I that's really what it comes down to
0: i love that no it's absolutely down to your principles as a business owner and then and then those principles flow through your business to your clients anyway
1: they do, they do. if we sent our team out as i know some other places have done Just on the basis of I'm going to send two cleaners there and and they turn up on a Monday morning, they don't necessarily know where they're going to be going. That for me is is onto a negative start to begin with. I've got a member of staff or a few members of staff who don't know until Monday morning where they're going, don't know who they're working with. Um, And if I don't train them properly then I'm setting them up to fail and I'm setting myself up for a complaint call. It's for me, it's that straightforward. If we enable our team to do the best job they can by training, by looking after, then then we're all onto a winner. Because ultimately, as we were saying earlier, I, yes, I'm, I'm in the office most of the time now, um, but it's, it's not what I do here. It's what the team does when they go out. That's what builds the business. That's what generates the referrals and all that thing. But it's, I have to set them up they have to be provided for in order to go and do their best and be happy in their work
0: yeah amazing absolutely I um you, you you made me recollect to uh, last week's last week's podcast. I spoke to a chap called Jonathan Pitt. And he was talking about a good manager and being a good leader. And he sees it like a curling, like the people in the curling team. Right. So, you know, they, they sort of throw the thing down the ice and then they've got the people yeah. with the brushes. Yeah. They're, they're making the ice as smooth as possible. So that just sails through and all the hard works in, in, in the brushing of the ice to make sure it's smooth as possible. And that's kind of what you're doing as yeah. a leader.
1: Yeah.
0: To, to, to make that journey as smooth as possible for both your member staff and for your, for your uh, customer too.
1: I think it's irresponsible. It would be irresponsible of me not to do it. I would just and, and I don't think we would be where we are now if we didn't set our team up properly and make sure the clients were happy. Make sure they knew what was going on. So I do my bit in, in terms of communication and things. But as I say, ultimately it's when the team goes out and cleans. there they represent what we have built up from that first month of ninety five pounds coming in, uh, and a Hoover and mop and bucket. That's what you know. They build it. I don't. They build it. That, love
0: that. First month ninety five pounds, and that's like it goes for there. It, it's, it? it's one amazing. of those figures
1: that just sticks in my head. That first month ninety five pound we brought in. That okay. was it. That was it. One Hoover mop and bucket just
0: awesome that's awesome it a, such such an awesome story um and and the thing is is what you have what you've created or what i my perception from based on what you're saying is it's that consistency so you've been able to guarantee quality through consistency and and ensuring that your team are are consistent and well looked after and that people then receive a consistent level of service and that is that and that's funny isn't it because it sounds so basic doesn't it it sounds really basic but actually that's- it's fundamental and really, there's so many companies out there or your people's competitors out there who are just cutting corners and not doing yeah. the job properly.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and often just really doing it properly is, is the right thing, you know.
1: I think I think it comes down to what, what you believe in and what you feel is right at the end of the day. And for us, it has always been about the quality of the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what generates our income. That's what keeps clients happy, keeps keep staff happy. For example, if I sent a team out to to some of our older clients, they would feel intimidated in their own home. So we work as individuals; all our team go out on their own. They then get the opportunity to get that relationship with their clients, uh, and it becomes more than just oh, the cleaners turning up on Tuesday. People become friends. You build that relationship up. People have the same cleaner for several years. It's it, it just transforms the service you're providing to much more than turning up, cleaning, and going home. Mm,
0: mm, absolutely. Awesome. And we're on to the half dozen thing, which is walk and look up, which, again, is fascinating. I love it. So walk and look up. Tell me about that.
1: So I had some um, wonderful coaching from our friend Katie Walton last year, I think it was. Um, And we explored all sorts of things on a personal and a business level. And I, uh, I think one of the most important things that came out of that was my inability, as I discovered, to look up. So looking up is really about it's about stopping. I am a prolific runner, not in a great way. I don't actually run, but I am constantly feeling that I am moving from mum to wife to businesswoman to a whole host of tasks and responsibilities and I don't walk between them. I run as I know I'm not alone. I know there are millions of people doing it constantly. But taking that time to stop, to think or to not even think just enables you to bring about a whole host of ideas. Now, for me, COVID did that. And I know that's done that for lots of other people. We sadly had to close our business, as lots of people did for a couple of months, furloughed our team. And and there was that moment of, are we going to have a business to come back to? And as upsetting and stressful as that time was it was also a time to stop so for me i've been writing some articles that we i've been working on linkedin i've discovered linkedin a bit more um i've made lots of comments i've reviewed how we do things such as our um, human resources work which i now outsource so it, it just stopping when you're in the middle of trying to create a business trying to put food on the table it can get so busy that you don't have those pockets to stop and actually that's where the ideas come and the impetus. And looking up is about taking in your surroundings and it is about opening yourself up to those opportunities. I, f- I think I felt like I was constantly walking around a bit like this, just concentrate oh, what have I got to do next? What's my next job? I need to sort that out. I need to ring them. And the minute you stop and you stand, it sounds very spiritual, but you stop and you stand and you look up that's when the ideas come, you take that breath and just let those things just kind of play about in your head and before you know it, something else is generated, a new business opportunity, I must have that conversation with so-and-so because that might follow, I might be able to get a foot in the door there. The moment you stop, it just brings up that opportunity.
0: Love it, love it, and that's so true as well. And uh, yeah, shout out to Katie. Katie was yes. a guest actually, probably <laughs> ten episodes ago. So yeah, Katie, obviously a mutual friend, Katie Walton. For anyone listening, definitely go and check her episode out after this. It's it, yeah. it was really good as well. She's got she's an awesome coach, very experienced, isn't she? And it sounds like it was incredible. Impactful.
1: Yeah, and a bit much like this. It was a bit out of my comfort zone, really. It's but it brought about so many trains of thought and self analysis really going back to our first point in terms of actually what what can i do better how can i work better to make it easier for me to look at other opportunities are there some other business ideas that might come about that i could follow by just working better on this one
0: sounds sounds like there's maybe something in the pipeline <laughs> i think
1: I, I think covid has made me think about what we do Mm -hmm. spotless will always be important and we will always run it but if I can offload some of the management responsibility and we're trying to look at so some promotion from within and and ways in which we can enable some senior, senior members of the team to do more training to do more management work then that allows me to step back Rob and I between us always meet every new client and that won't because i think to have that initial conversation with the person who's going to be inviting your staff into the home is really important i don't want somebody else to do that but i do want the opportunity to just look at other things such as the articles that i've been doing on linkedin that's been really interesting to just kind of go back 10 years see how did this come about what have we learned what might I be able to pass on to somebody else that might help them? Um, the decluttering side of the business, that has gone very quiet just because I've not had the time to really push that. But I think I'm looking at blogs and looking about doing some more appointments that way. So not completely away from what we're doing, but just little offshoots that I just need the time to be able to explore a bit more.
0: So. Sure. Awesome! No, fantastic. And I think in that time and space is really where the magic happens. Um, certainly, I found yeah. it. And I think I think people find people believe that taking the dog for a walk or exercise or uh, even having a holiday is unproductive, but it absolutely isn't. Um, particularly when you're yeah. a business owner, because it gives you your brain. Brain doesn't necessarily stop, and it just works on a different level. And uh, lockdowns had that opportunity for people, hasn't it? I think yeah. and. Um, I would say that if people, particularly sort of rounding it back to people who are being made redundant, um, if they've got a bit of time on their hands, it's really important to just spend that time. Don't fill your time with stuff. Just really reflect on what you want and, and, you know, taking that time and that space uh, during that time can really help them think about, actually, am I just going for another job that I don't really care about? Is, Is it going to fill me up or not?
1: Yeah. And I think there is that impetus to find a job which often means that you end up applying for everything and you spend all day applying for jobs that is never ever going to generate a that the jobs that you want and b give you the opportunity to explore something completely different um it's and from an employer's point of view now i sit in that chair it's it's a waste of time people applying for jobs with us who clearly are qualified and wanting to do something very different. So I don't even interview them now. I know it sounds really harsh, but to be honest, it's wasting their time. Yeah. But I did that. I When you're desperate and you have got to feed children, et cetera, et cetera, I applied for everything, yeah. wondering why I wasn't getting various posts. When clearly they'd looked at my CV and thought, she's never going to be interested in this. Uh, and as an employer now, I don't want people to come to us as a stopgap. I want people to come because they care and are interested in the service that we offer and want to be part of our growing team. Definitely.
0: And actually, do you know what? That's fascinating advice that you've just given there because that, that, that's so true, isn't it? Because people will be sat there with loads of, like potentially with degree level qualifications, desperate for a job, and they will apply for what they perceive is a cleaning role and be rejected or not even interviewed. And they will think it'll be based on their skill And ultimately, it's not at all because at the end of that CV, there's a business owner who wants to run an effective cleaning company. And you don't run an effective cleaning company with people that aren't cleaning professionals.
1: No, no. And in fairness, I don't very often take people on who have had lots of cleaning experience. But I do look for people who have got retail background, any sort of customer service. Or, for example, we have taken some people on who have um, perhaps been doing an open university degree. They're in year one. I'm going to get perhaps at least three or four years out of them. And who knows? They might change their mind at the end of that. So there has to be that balance. But yes, if somebody sends me a CV that says I'm a qualified accountant. All I want to do is accountancy, then please don't come to me because I can't offer you that. uh, And you're wasting my time and your time.
0: Amazing amazing thank you so much for that lisa and it's been amazing having you on um coming to the end now so i guess it's back over to you how can people find you and those articles sound fascinating so where do people go to find those articles and to find you if they're interested in having their offices cleaned or, or their homes cleaned or what have you you. Okay
1: so um, you'll find us on facebook spotless interiors and spotless commercial you'll find myself on linkedin i don't think i've got as far as a company page as yet it's on my list to do um, but the articles are on my linkedin page and i'm also putting together a blog which really is just going to follow our journey from redundancy through to now and how we develop the business um, and if anybody if it generates a single idea for somebody to go actually I feel I could give something else a go and they go and branch out then great because redundancy is an awful awful time Um, and sometimes sometimes starting up your own business is not the right thing to do but if you have an idea or you end up with lots of people telling you you should do it which is really what happened to us then then it might just be worth a go. But yes, LinkedIn, Facebook, our websites, Spotless Commercial, Spotless Interiors, we're yeah, various places.
0: Amazing. And what a great offer. You know, if you're if you're out there and you Essentially being made redundant or in that situation where you're unhappy, reach out to Lisa. She's got an absolute wealth, 10 That's years good. worth of information um, and experience to live off and, and in the harshest conditions by the sounds of it as well. Um, you know, young family, husband as well, um, you know, really, really in it. So what a fantastic person to be able to help offer some support and advice. So um, thank you for joining me today. It's been amazing hope the listeners have enjoyed it today if you have please do share and 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 leave us a review Um, it's all really really valuable and helps us reach and support more people as well so uh, thank you very much and thank you lisa and we'll see everyone again very soon Really hope you loved today's episode, and if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel, and my business flagship partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.